Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why isn't it more diverse? Why isn't there a lot more black and Asian or other communities here? Like, why is it just males or even females like why isn't there enough women out there it's not even it's just not even you can't point it down to one single category there's so many things like why isn't there enough room for like disabled people like you know um why isn't why have i not seen like an lgbt like it's just everything there's so many categories but it's just like people that are able or privileged enough they don't realize that there's more people that want to do these things but can't. Welcome to the Adventure Podcast and episode 86 with Alishba. For privacy reasons, we've been asked not to include Alishba's surname within this introduction or the podcast itself. Alishba grew up in inner-city Manchester under difficult circumstances and was introduced to the outdoors and hill-walking by a local youth group. She went on to lead others as part of the same group, as well as excelling both academically and in various sports, before eventually becoming head girl at her school. Her story is unbelievably inspiring, and I spent the whole thing just sitting awestruck and gobsmacked at how much one young woman can have achieved in such a short space of time, and with so much working against her. It's a story of determination, resilience, compassion and hope. There's no doubt that Alishba is a self-starter who's carved her own way in this world, but she's also the first to acknowledge that the support and mentorship of others have been a huge factor in her life, and particularly when it comes to her discovery of an adventurous outdoor life. As recently as this year, she was invited to join a course at the Martin Moran Foundation, where she travelled up to Scotland to get her first proper taste of outdoor rock climbing and winter skills, but that's a story I'll leave her to tell you herself. This conversation digs into some harder details. We talk about whether or not the outdoors really is as accessible as many of us think it is. Do people from ethnic minorities believe that to be the case? And how much can those of us who take that unchallenged access for granted do to help others feel included? I personally found the answer surprising and in parts shocking, but also eye-opening, educational and ultimately hopeful. I was introduced to Alishba through the team at the Martin Moran Foundation, The foundation was established by the Moran family to honour the life and legacy of celebrated mountain guide and explorer Martin Moran. They understand the positive impact that mountain adventure can have on all areas of our lives, and they are passionate about creating opportunities for young people, who otherwise would not have access to wild spaces and expert instruction. Please do consider supporting their work by visiting martinmoranfoundation.co.uk slash donate. Okay, over to Alishba. So, can you just start by introducing yourself 
and tell me who you are, where you're from and what your life was like growing up. Okay, so my name is Alishba, um, I'm 19 and I'm from Manchester and my life growing up, well I, I was born in Belgium um, and it's quite a big family, so I'm one of five si- sisters and my mum, so there's six of us girls. Um, I was born in Belgium along with all my sister, sisters except my youngest one, she was born here. And then from Belgium, we moved around quite a lot. We moved to England when I was like four, actually on my fourth birthday, which is crazy. Um, and then we moved around in Ashton, which is in Manchester quite a lot house to house and stuff like that and at the time we was living with my, with my dad we don't I don't live with my dad anymore Um, it's quite strange growing up because like it wasn't like a normal childhood like I wish I had Um, it's a lot of like well siblings that was just you know chaotic you know all girls were all the same height all the same size so clothes was a problem you know it wasn't so much of a problem but we was like if I ever borrowed my sister's clothes, she was like, you know, you should have asked me before and stuff like that. So had a lot of that. And then and my mum, she's from Pakistan. So um, she's not very like, so English is not her first language. So she speaks Urdu, Punjabi. And then when we was in Belgium, we spoke Dutch, but I don't speak that anymore. And then, um, so she was not, she's not very fluent in, and when we did move to England, she didn't have a job or she didn't like work or anything like that, like she didn't do anything. So um, it was just her a lot. And then um, just growing up, going to school and stuff like that, I, I just, I don't know, I just always thought that, well, in, in my house was, at the time, there was a lot of like, um, domestic abuse going on with my family like my mum my dad and I like all of us we growing up we witnessed that and obviously it's not um, a nice thing to grow up and witness and stuff like that but um, yeah it was very hard at one point because um, I was just gonna get deep really quickly you can go deep deep's good so um, we actually got to one point so my dad used to go to Pakistan a lot and for months and then come back and go back for months and again my mum's not got a job she doesn't drive she doesn't speak English very much and all my family they're in Pakistan as well or Belgium so she's not like in like contact with them as much and stuff like that so um we got to one point where like we were close to being homeless at one point because we went because we was on benefits and my mum she didn't have much on like um, going around and stuff obviously five girls herself it's a lot and bills and electricity and all that stuff so you know that went on and then um they separated and stuff um and then we moved on and then I started working since I was like 13 um, which is it sounds crazy we used to do like uh, maths in English just my mom did everything she could so we was even like getting tutored and stuff um which for her would have been like quite dear. But um, so we did a maths and English tutoring um, and I decided that when I was like very young, like eight or something and then growing up till 13 and then at 13 they employed me and I've, you know, I'm still working for them as well. <laughs> like a, as a side you know, job, I don't want to leave them because it's like I've always been with them. So it's kind of like, and then even for, um, so yeah. So I, I sort of say that because I'm the middle child, I've got two older sisters and two younger ones. And I've got sort of like, so my older two sisters, they always go to like school, college. So I was always left home. And then I was either, 
you know, um, taking care of my little sisters, changing nappies at like seven, um, you know, giving bath showers and even taking them to like swimming lessons and stuff like that. So I kind of always been around my mum a lot. So I've, I saw the changes within her and at times I just thought like, because I'm Muslim as well, so um, she we pray five times a day. I try to, um, and then I always used to see watch her like pray and on you know on the prayer mat, um, and then she used to always like cry or bawl her eyes out, and I just thought like why does she do that or who is she praying to or like all these questions like you just think like as a child like you know everything's going through my head like why is she doing that what's what's going on. Um, and then it's just seeing her build her strength build up from where she was and to where she is now. And then we moved houses again and we, after we separated um, with my, you know, after they separated with my dad. And, um, and then obviously we all got jobs, my sisters and stuff. And I actually got so throughout high school, and um, there was this one teacher, and he and he's my English teacher, and I had him since year seven throughout year eleven. So the for the full like um, five years I was at high school for, and he sort of like saw something in me that I didn't see myself. Like he sort of like he kind of like my um, guardian angel, I would say, and he was that my male role model that I never had. And um, he sort of like, you know, picked me up and I, as soon as I fell and stuff like that. And I actually became head girl. Um, I brought my confidence up from like zero to like, you know, really not even. I mean, it was quite competitive. The other girls were like a lot more confident than I was. They did a lot more things and stuff. And so, but yeah, somehow I got I got the role, um, which was you know, amazing. And for at high school, I attended youth club. That's where I started getting into the outdoors. And I started in year nine or eight. And um, so, yeah, I, that was the time where it was like the roughest um, at home. So youth club was like a perfect distraction for me. Um, I got out of the house. I, love, I used to love going on walks and stuff like that. My sister, she involved me in it. And we was going, our first ever expedition was the Winter Skills. So this the Lin, um, Lindley Educational Trust is an educational charity that um, I work for now, um, and they have two youth centres. So one in Manchester, Ashton, where I am from, and then one in Pittsmore in Sheffield. And um, so, and they run. They've been running like um, sessions with young people from ethnic minority backgrounds, South Asians specifically, um, from where I'm from, and in that community. And all they try and do is like. Um, take young people from that background that can't afford or have the opportunity to, you know, or ever seen the outdoors and take them out. So um, we did the winter skills and that's a week away in Scotland. Um, and Avimore, Badagwish, um, that's where we stayed as well. And that was my first ever time, like I ever summited a mountain or, that was my first ever like, um, that was, that's my door open you know, from then on. Um, and I climbed the Cairngorms and I just remember getting to the top and just sitting down and then absorbing my surroundings. And it was just crazy because I was like, you know, where am I? Or I've never seen anything like this before, but it was that feeling of like success or that feeling of I've accomplished something in my life, you know, after all these years. And it just, I felt even like my mental health wise, like I felt 
relieved and I felt stress free. Like I hadn't I hadn't a worry in the world when I was at the top. And then ever since then I've not looked back. Like I've always wanted to do more and more in the outdoors and so I kind of continued my way for a youth club. Um and I had like this long like vision that I wanna in the future become a counsellor and and combine that with my passion in the outdoors and kind of like um, do long-term work with um, young people like I was myself and then take them to like climbing walls or into the outdoors so it kind of like a similar path um, as a therapist um, and then help them in that sort of sense um, and yeah so I continued my journey for youth club and then I attended like loads of co- courses and stuff um, I got put I got picked to be like in the Outward Bound course, it was, was a leadership course, um, a 12-month programme. And well, it became 18 months because of COVID. Um, and we went away into the lakes for a week. And this was, and, and their kind of aim is to bring diversity into the outdoors or diverse leaders, um, because there's not that many, um, and female ones as well. So um, so we went away for a week in in lakes and it was just kind of like focusing on our, on our like personal development and how we are as individuals, like our strengths and improvements and stuff like that. And I think it's called Tom and he told me and he was kind of like our leader and he said to me that, and again, he was someone that saw something in me that I didn't think I had or I wouldn't have thought of myself and he kind of said to me like you know you've got the potential to be a leader whether it's in the outdoors or whatever you'd like if you're passionate you can literally do anything so and I took his word on that and continued again um and then they eventually Lindley employed us as like like a zero hour contract and we did like part-time work uh in the summer with our fast club which is our eight to twelve year olds and then we used to take 13 plus to to like 18 year olds to like outdoor sessions and stuff like that so we did that a lot and then my first weekend working oh and then after that I got employed with the rank foundation which is um a foundation again they literally employ young people um from different certain backgrounds and circumstances that wouldn't have that opportunity otherwise and um I got interviewed and I and I got the role um and and I that's where I'm at now um I joined that and then um even then we went we had a launch in London and that was my first time ever taking the train to London myself from Manchester so it's all like a step up um and then there I met like so many people like myself that have been through a similar situation as I did and I wouldn't have known and it's just kind of opened my eyes like at the time when you're going through things you feel like it's just you and against the world but really everybody's going through something um it's just crazy and then just to see that or to realize that you're not alone and you know there's other people in the same boat as you that might not realize that as well kind of opens your eyes and then to see that you know we've come this far even though like we could have chosen to go a different path or and hope like luckily like we are on this path and then the Martin Moran Foundation came along and 
you know, I was buzzing for that as well because the aim, again, was to, more, to get more, like, um, female leaders or um, young people, female young people to be, again, get into the outdoors because, again, there's not that many. And um, especially um, from my, like, South Asian background, it's not in the norm, like, for females to even step foot in the outdoors or to work, to, like, it's a stereotypical, like, you know, um, idea that women should be at home and housewives and whatnot. So it's kind of, it was, it's looked down upon or used to be looked down upon a lot. You know, why are you going out on walks? That's so useless. You should be a doctor or, you know, uh, some something worth, you know, so, you know. And it's just now, though, it's a lot more like, oh, okay, that is is that what you're doing and now even my mum she's um so she's obviously seen me develop and my mental health change and so she could one day she was just like you know what I can see that you're glowing like I can see that twinkle in your eyes or whatever it is and you know when your mum tells you something it's like yeah you know I know I know she's you know she's onto something um and yeah my mum she started going taking herself out on walks and she came back and she told me she was like oh my god I've done this and I went up Dove Stones and it was so amazing and I was just she's very quiet my mum very like observant but you know she keeps herself um and then she just told me and she kind of like likes to see like the good in everything so she was like, oh my God, she sent me all these different colors of things when she went on the walks, telling me all these, about the, these plants or different trees. And it's just so cute just hearing her like, you know, just full of life and happy. And I there's not many times in my life where I've seen her happy. And it's like, okay, so the outdoors, it's obviously, I'm not crazy saying all this, like there's a, you know it works there's an outcome to it I'm an outcome to it as well so and yeah so kind of in the future I just want to pass this same feeling my mum had I've got onto other young people's especially like myself um it would be good if it was like more Asian women as well but yeah sort of where I'm at wow I know quite a lot that's absolutely incredible I don't know if anyone's ever done an intro as impressive as that before in the 89 episodes we've done, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. It's so inspiring. Um, so there's a lot I want to talk about, yeah. but we'll start at the start. So before you got involved in youth club, yeah. did you have or did you have what you perceived as access to nature at all? No, so I wouldn't even have thought of... Like, the only... If I say nature, I'd say, say like, going on a walk around the block or to the park or um there's this uh, we've got daisy nook near ashton that's like a countryside park so that was the closest thing we had to nature and i'd only ever go and walk if i wanted like if i've had too much at home i'm like yeah i'm just going shut the door and just going to walk that was my that was my idea of the nature yeah i'd seen pictures and paintings and videos and stuff like that but I never thought it'd be for me either like I never thought like I'd actually want to try outdoor climbing or something I just never thought that's something we'd do and like even growing up it's just not normal I don't want to say normal because it's obviously such a subjective um word but it wasn't in the norm for us 
from my background, you know, to go into the outdoors. This wasn't seen as a leisure activity or anything like that. So no, I didn't have much access to the outdoors or an idea. If it, if I was like again, if it wasn't for a youth club or Lindley, I wouldn't have ever, you know, been in on this path that I am now. I wouldn't have known about the outdoors or anything like that. But yeah. And so with with youth club when you started going there, yeah. you know, yes, you did the winter skills course, mm-hmm. but what were you doing with youth club before that that was starting to give you access to that natural so world? So we started going on hill walks. So well, we started going on local walks before hill walks. That was like the next step. So we literally went to like Daisy Nook or um, to diff- or even like little well sessions in the outdoors, as in like rock climbing. So we started going indoor climbing as well. And we started doing youth projects, like we did, we had a hate crime event, and I did a I did a speech in that as well. Um, we had we've we've done like, and even we, all of our work, like if we do anything, is through fundraising or funding, and most of that we have to do ourselves. So, we've done like backpacks and um, tea and coffee sales and Christmas market sales and as much as we can really and it's it's brilliant because as a as a young person you don't have a clue about how to interact with other people it gives you life skills really how to communicate and you know come across to not only people your own age but different ages like in that hit crime event there was police officers there was teachers there's parents young people so it's like a variety of basically community we do a lot of community work we will work close with our like families because it's just gaining that trust like yeah you're sending your child off to youth project that you you know you would you'd want to know like how they're looking after us and stuff like that so it's like we have a lot of one-to-one sessions and we have Friday footballs, we have Monday drop-in sessions, we have Tuesday crickets. So there's literally something going on every single day, oh, as much as we can, to try and get youth off the streets and actually giving them a perspective on life and how you can, you know, proceed in life and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah we did loads of little sh- sessions in and out. And so do you think, this is a slightly philosophical question maybe, but <laughs> um, getting out and playing football, playing cricket, playing tennis, those are outdoor sports. Um, for us, definitely, because I'm, I'm actually an FA Level 1 football coach. Um, I don't play football myself, but it was, again, through youth club and it was an opportunity I couldn't say no to. Football is not a sport I play. I used to play netball. I, used to, I am very, like, active, but within sports but not in the outdoors but even them sessions it took us away from our house or you know into the outdoors in some perspective kept us active and interactive with our communities and stuff but the outdoor wise like I said we started doing hill walks so we went to Dove Stones and and then to our Holliford Centre, which is in Castleton in the Peak District. We had we use, usually have loads of residentials there, and that's kind of like our main spot. And they offer loads of like canoeing and kayaking, raft building, high ropes, um, and et cetera. And that's, again, uh, a step closer into the outdoors, so yeah. So yeah, and obviously the kind of football, netball, et cetera, is really important. Yeah, definitely. But what is it about 
hill walking, raft building, rock climbing that's yeah. different? And what does that give you? Well, it's it's even like even throughout school, like you do netball, you do football, you do you do cricket, you do all these kind of sports. So in a way, it's like yeah, it's just football. Even though it's all it's a big thing for us as youth, young people, because that's footballs are our way of expressing ourselves and engaging with one another and getting out of like an atmosphere that you don't want to be in and then going into the hills and into the mountains it's like a a refreshment or like a completely different feeling that you wouldn't have thought was existed or was there like and then when once you do do hill walks and sometimes it's like like I've worked with loads of young people now and everyone's got a different way of expressing themselves some hate it some love it some complain too much about the weather but as soon as they get to top or when we have our breaks our lunch breaks and stuff like they absolutely enjoy themselves and it's like if they hate it so much they wouldn't continue coming so it's like why are they coming again and again again there's clearly something there that they want to keep hold on of and keep on feeling so they come in again even they might say at the time of, of the walk like oh my god I'm never coming again or I hate it like my youth worker like she's got a brilliant story on this about herself where she hated the outdoors wasn't for her um but then she found herself ringing her youth worker up and saying like what's next where's, where's the next walk so yeah it's just that we're gluttons for punishment, aren't we? Mountaineering's <laughs> really fun, but it's addictive. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. Good addiction. Good addiction. Good exactly. Yeah. Yes. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So can you tell me a bit about the Martin Moran Foundation yeah. and what what they offered you and what that experience was like? Yeah, so, um, so me and Ozma, so we're both from uh, Manchester. And um, so... We got nominated for our youth um, leader. She nominated us because we because she's Osma's also done the um, Outward Bound project. She was one of six with me to go on that. So that's kind of like a so our youth leader. She kind of like gives us as many opportunities as we can get, wherever it is. Like she'll say, "Oh, girls, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that?" just try and get us out there as much as possible. So when the Martin Moran Foundation came up, we was buzzing because we've not done anything since COVID or since my leg. I don't even think I could do that. Oh yeah, I need to talk about my we leg. We can talk about that in <laughs> um, a second. <laughs> yeah, and it, when it, the Martin Moran Foundation came up, because obviously it's quite new, so we didn't have an idea on what it was. Or All I seen was the poster and even that, in itself got me excited like anything to do with the outdoors and yeah we were a tiny bit more experienced than the rest of them were but even even that in itself it was like 
um, seeing them take their first steps is kind of like if it's kind of like warming in a way because you I did that myself and now I'm watching them do it and it's like the the smiles on their faces and whatnot like it sounds cringy but it's just watching them do what you did and it's just like it's like a mum finally you know seeing their child take that first step kind of thing um so yeah it was amazing watching them take their first experiences and for us to build on what we already know and then like um, Joy, she she mentioned throughout the full week, like we're here as a family, and towards the end of it, like it felt like a family, and even to this day, like they're still messaging us, oh, I miss you so much. Literally yesterday, um, one of the lads was like, oh, I miss you guys so much. What you're up to and stuff like that. So it's kind of it was it's kind of like a, a kind of a project that you just won't forget about, and because we was the first young people's to have ever done the Mighty Moran Foundation, um, it would always be like, oh, remember that, remember that conversations? I remember that time that we went to the Mighty Moran and it was so amazing and stuff like that. So the full experience was, you know, more than what we expected, even with the mountain equipment. That was amazing. Like, I couldn't have asked for more. I didn't know what to expect much at all. Um, but considering it was their first time ever, it was such well planned. I kept saying it to Alex at the time, I was like, it's just amazing how you guys have done this because it's your first time. And even like each day was a progression from the last. Like on the first day, we did a lot of navigation skills um, and then went to Cairngorms. And the second day, we went to Ben McDewey again with the navigation skills we learned on the first day and built on that. And then the the third and fourth day we did um, indoor climbing to see how confident we were um, and then we actually started leading as well we've never I've never done leading before so that's pretty amazing and then from then um, we did outdoor rock climbing um, and that was quite like challenging some of them we I mean we got through most of it and then it the challenging parts came at the end when we was all tired and stuff but again it was brilliant and then we did two like ridge ridge uh, scrambling and stuff like that up the ridge in the last two days so it was all well you know processed and well planned so I I don't have a thing to say like a negative thing to say about it really amazing yeah so yeah, let's talk about let's talk about your leg. Okay. And yeah, a total name drop. So you did country file. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me the story. Um. So yeah. Um, Dwayne Fields. So he's like an explorer. Um. I think he's the fo- first like black man to have worked walked the North Pole. So he. Um. So yeah, we was on BBC Country File, and there was four of us. Um. Two of us from London, and one from. Angle, East Angle, Angle. East Anglia? So, uh, yeah, something like that. That's where I'm from. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there. And me from Manchester. And so all of us, is is the same idea to get us into the outdoors that we've never experienced before. Um, and again, just seeing them. Obviously, I've had a tiny bit more experience for youth club. And I'm so grateful for that because even I'll... Sorry, I'm going off... Um, so Lindley literally has been it's been doing um we they've been working with Man Ashton uh, for like six, sixteen years and they've been like that 
like focus is like diversity uh, inclusion and getting the ethnic minorities out there that have never done anything like that so um yeah so again the country file it was there's a quite a mixed um quite a diverse group we were um and none of us or I had but they hadn't ever have seen anything like that and we all lived except the East Anglo you know person uh, all three of us we you know were from cities where it's very loud I live next to the motorway um I know no London's chaotic traffic whatnot so for them to have you know completely like that's two different worlds and they stepped into the countryside we went to Snowdonia um I think it was like a four days or something well, I had to go early I had to leave early but um yeah and that we set up tents um a lot of more navigation skills um which is like summits they did us they were they summited snowden on the last day i couldn't do that um and then we also did rock climbing and bordering and that's where so yeah so it was bordering and i've done bordering before but it kind of it was just an unlucky day i guess it started raining that and it was kind of like a difficult um rock it quite, quite slanted um very tiny cracks but I had it I had the position and it was just that extra extra second and in that split second it started raining I felt myself slip I dropped and I caught my leg between um the crash mat and the rock and I heard it crack and when I heard it crack I just sat and I was I just froze and I was like what's just happened what what was that that I just heard and then um <clears throat> and then I just remember everyone like rushing in and like seeing like what's happened and I was just so in shock I, I didn't cry I didn't scream I didn't I was just sat there like everyone else thought I sprained it or not done much to it um but when they asked me about the pain I was like 10 10 um and then they had to carry me down the mountain we wasn't that high up luckily and had like a person at either end um carry me down and then what I, what had happened I went to the Wales hospital and what happened was after like a seven hour long wait x-rays whatnot blood test then they finally showed me the results and I had I actually had um, fractured my fibular bone just above my ankle luckily it wasn't my ankle and there was two breaks and um, one massive one and then a little one um you know in my fibular bone and I got put in a cast straight away, but they didn't know whether to uh, give me surgery or not. So then they had to like get a second opinion. So when I went back home the next morning, um, I had to go back to hospital and um, and they had they confirmed that yeah I did need see surgery on it. But then um, it wasn't until June or something early June that I actually was in put, got put in surgery and stuff because they had to give me injections where. I, I had to prevent like the blood clotting and stuff like that and so I was in a cast until my surgery and then I had my surgery and I was meant to go home the same night but it got late so they made me stay and then that ended up being two nights and a third day because my stitches came undone and started bleeding that I woke up in the hospital bed like half of it was just blood and I was like oh my god this is not normal <laughs> And so they re they like rebandaged me and I was in a cast for six weeks after that. 
and then a walking boot for another five weeks. And I've been crying for them to give me physio ever since, but I'm only just getting an appointment in a few weeks' time. Um, so yeah, for that summer I was at bed rest and it was, it was so awful because they had other residentials planned that I was meant to go to and I missed out. But um, the Martin Moran Foundation made up for it massively. Um, and I I hadn't done anything since my leg that extreme. I started going back to the gym just to re, um, you know, get my strength back up um, and stuff like that. And then started working, and that's where I, after that, I started working with the Rank Foundation. And so my first weekend was at Hills Weekend. Um, that was amazing as well. We had a black women's hike from London come down. We had a wonderless women, um, Muslim women, um, some that wear hijabs, uh, that are actually explorers as well. Um, and from different areas, we had all sorts of um, people come to the Hills Weekend, which was in um, in our centre at Holyford and that's that was sponsored by Sprayway as well um, and that was an amazing weekend I was actually belaying all the women's up the higher ups and stuff like that um, even watching them do it because obviously I'm used to working with a certain age range I've never worked with like women and stuff like that um, but it was amazing watching them and hearing their screams and after the screams the smiles seeing them come off the zip line and stuff is that was amazing but yeah and then since then I started like little like a little bit building it up again stuff like that and then I didn't know if I had my leg was recovered enough or like strengthened enough to go to the Martin Moran um thing but I was so surprised that yeah it still swelled it swelled up like every evening but then I you know after a few hours it went down and stuff like that but I managed to do it every single day and I, it kept up and I was I don't know I was so I was surprised I was like I didn't think it would have done and at all but yeah it didn't put me off though they that's the first question they asked me like has it put you off but I was like no because I like to take everything as a blessing and yeah I broke a bone but I'd, at least it wasn't my ankle. That could have been a lot worse. My mum, like, I, the only time I, I actually did shed a tear was when I was on call to my mum in Wales. And she was like, are you okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no. And then she, only hearing her made me want to cry. But um, she was happy that it wasn't my ankle. So she was grateful that it wasn't anything worse. It could have been a lot worse. But yeah, I like to take everything as a blessing. So I kind of just, and memories, I'm all about memories. I won't never forget that day. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's literally it. So how do you feel about taking risks in the outdoors? I'm all about adrenaline. I love adrenaline. Like, it gets me going. Um, so taking risks, I see, I don't like saying no to things or opportunities because it's like, I'm, am I going to get a chance to do this again? So when there is a chance, I'll take up on it. So, yeah, taking risks, like, I'll, I'll go for it. I'll go for anything except swimming. <laughs> but even then, like, we went in, because I can't swim. Well, I'm not I'm not a confident swimmer. Or I can't swim at all. Um, we was in the lakes, and they got us to, like, do a jog and dip. Um, and just even doing that, I just threw myself off the, you know, end of the lake. And I thought I was drowning, but I, it was probably me just panicking. I did it anyway and I couldn't swim, so that was a step. 
there, out there. But did you tell them before you jumped in that? You yeah, couldn't that couldn't. But well, we had buoyancy aids <laughs> on, so it was safety-wise, we was like all in check. But yeah, yeah, out of taking risks, I would love to. I'd Amazing. Love to, yeah. Yeah. Ace, and so I'm I'm gonna ask you some sort of broader questions in a sec. But what do you want to achieve? Um. So my counselling is like that's like my. Um, like my my dream job let's say um, I've always wanted to help people from a small age I've always wanted to be a provider I just think like <clears throat> we've all got a purpose like we're not here for nothing so and I'm finding my purpose in helping others like I feel like that's why I'm here sort of thing so that's my aim overall to to just help whether it's a small chain or a big chain whether it's just being the whether it's just being like a role model to other female asian females to get into the outdoors or an inspiration in some sort or encouragement anything i can do i will try to do and um and with my counseling again that's why i want to do counseling because i've been through that <clears throat> and i hate for someone else to go through that I had a teacher with, for, that helped me throughout high school and stuff like that but not everyone's got someone so I was quite lucky, lucky to have um, my English English sorry my English teacher that was with me throughout the five years but again not everyone feels like they've got someone and you know I kind of want to be someone <laughs> to someone and even if it's just one person if they've come and told me like oh Alishpa like you've helped me and you know even if it's just tiny bit even if I've just got them to do like climb the wall and they didn't think they could do it anything that you know makes them feel like yeah I can do it or there's a purpose to me as well I want to do so yeah and what really. about your personal outdoor ambitions yeah so my, I want to do in the new year hopefully I get to do my um climbing wall instructing and training that's like my first tick once I get that then um I do want to do my ml but that's a lot um, more harder and a lot over time kind of thing because you have to have 20 like quality mountain days and I probably do like but I'd have to backlog quite a long time so that and then yeah so as soon as I get my ml that's when like I'll probably will be seen in the outdoor industry and stuff like that um and then my climbing wall and then like I, I can already do the the tiny stuff like the high ropes or like the belaying uh, rope work and stuff like that so that's stuff that I'm already working on um towards as well so I mean this in an incredibly positive way, but yeah. everything you've said is about gaining a qualification, which I guess is to help others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, which is incredible. Okay. But do you have any personal? For myself? Yeah. I guess, um, no, because anything I want to do, I just want to, okay, I guess for myself, I just want to um, make sure that I've done, like, I don't know, like I just... I want to leave like this world or whatever, knowing that my mark has done something to someone. So my personal like achievement would be to get there. And like, I guess my confidence, like I'm not, 
Um, I like, I want to be myself a lot when I do work with groups. And recently, like I was, um, throughout this week, I was working at a residential till Thursday and then Friday we came Kendall. So I've been working all week. Um, and I don't, I find myself not being myself. Like I feel like I'm not as vocal as I'd like to be. Or Like I'm still doing the little, you know, I'll help you with your harness or whatnot, the little stuff, but... Um, I just it's just finding that confidence to you know think that I can be myself with you know new groups or people I've not worked with and stuff like that like some people would say I come across as quite um, open and and stuff like that but others will say I'm quite shy so it's just like I don't want to be shy but I do I, I just want to be myself and that's what I'm working on that's my personal achievement to always just be myself and just be true to who I am and carry on like that like I know I don't want to put a fake front up or just say that I do these things because you know I want you to think I'm and someone do you know what I mean I just want to do good by me kind of thing and yeah my confidence Brilliant. I need my confidence to rise hopefully. yeah yeah and then you know I don't want to kind of like put the outdoor um the outdoors in a box but there's so many debates happening at the moment and I try and keep up to speed with it all and there's yeah. lots of different opinions but do you think that the outdoors yeah is accessible for ethnic minorities no I don't think so at all first of all we've not got enough acknowledge about the outdoors so we wouldn't even go in that direction or just it's just completely closed off like we don't even know there's a door that exists to that path so there needs to be like more acknowledgement that outdoors is a career or is something that you can go and do second of all is is too expensive like the with the kit and if it wasn't for spray weight or mountain equipment um like we wouldn't I wouldn't be able I wouldn't want to go into the outdoors because I'm not wearing the correct kit and I don't feel comfortable I don't feel like a, a proper mountaineer do you know what I mean so I wouldn't I wouldn't I would just sit at home because I'm like no I can't afford to go there my mum's like no you're not going there because I can't afford it like I'm already doing so much for you there's even if she'd want to from like she will try her best to do that but she, she and I wouldn't I wouldn't ask her to do that because I just feel embarrassed like she's already doing so much for me how can I ask her to you know spend another 300 pounds just for a, a raincoat or something like that Um, something that's you know the, the quality is there so it's like so we've got money and it's not because we're all stereotypically a lot of South Asian families were quite big families so I'm one of five people and I don't live like with my grandma and stuff like that but a lot of South Asian families they live like multi-generations together so it's quite a lot of costs like electricity wise and stuff like that so yeah so it's acknowledgement and that actually being like having the luxury to actually buy these things to go into the outdoors we can't access them and yeah and even like we, we I, I just don't think we just know enough to do that and then there's other things about like racism and when we went to Snowden for our first time we got loads of looks like I don't know whether it was like you know what are they doing here or stuff like that but or it's just 
them seeing the first brown faces in the outdoors, maybe they're like shocked or it, it doesn't have to be negative. It's just that they've never seen like brown faces in the outdoors or Asian people in the outdoors. So it's probably a shock to them and a shock to us. Like, why are this giving us so many stares? Like, why are we getting glares for? Like, we're just like you. We just want to do... um we just want to climb a mountain like you do and stereotypically it is and has been a, a lot it's been male dominated especially British male and and they have the privileges to have done that like they've their fathers or granddads used to be in the outdoors and they kind of just pass it on and they pass the gear on and the kit and they have you know they're privileged enough to do that and say that oh well like I can do this anyway but for us is we have to go above and beyond and 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 then it's like if we do want to do something in the outdoors we have to face society and the you know judgment from that like what you're doing that for we've not brought you all the way from Pakistan or India to to go into the outdoors you should become doctors and for a lot of parents or a lot of like elder generation they don't realize they they feel like they've not had the upbringing they needed or they didn't get as many opportunities from back home or where they're from and they'd like to give that back to their children and they'd want them to succeed and their way of success is if they become doctors or lawyers or engineers and those like that kind of category so is there's so many factors it's not just money but it's like facing your own community because you do get looked down upon you do get judgment from your own family as well like you could have your brother your sister could be like why are you doing that for I'm getting grades in school I'm getting a stars and whatnot and you're what climbing mountains so it's yeah it's a lot of judgment too so it's just opening up people's like mindsets and you know saying that there is a lot more opportunities and other ways to do that I think that's what's really interesting is like I live in this kind of outdoor community and I think people think it's really inclusive and exactly. actually people get their backs up yeah, when you, don't you say... No. There's not enough awareness, no. I don't think so. And I think, like, you, you know, as you say, there's the, you know, your community as an individual, you've got that to face. Yeah. And that's kind of for A you. Lot. But for us as an outdoor community, if people are look, if regardless of their intention, if you're feeling uncomfortable... yeah it's not a welcoming place to be by a proxy, right? But it's like, you probably won't even really realise no. that you're doing that. Like, it's, it's crazy because you probably think that you're not doing um, anything wrong and, and yeah, you you probably don't feel like you're doing anything wrong because you don't realise. And the, exactly, there's just not enough awareness for things like that. So it's just educating yourself that there is more than just us and maybe people out, like... Maybe just question yourself, like, why in, isn't there a lot... Why isn't it more diverse? Why isn't there a lot more black and Asian or other communities here? Like, why is it just male, males or even females? Like, why isn't there enough women out there? It's not even... It's just not even... You can't point it down to one single category. There's so many things, like, why isn't there enough room for, like, disabled people? Like, you know... Um, why isn't why have I not seen like an LGBT like it's just everything there's so many categories but it's just like people that are able or privileged enough they don't realize that there's more people that want to do these things but can't yeah and we live in a world now don't we that's quite divisive and I think people like people that look like me 
don't like being told that they've done something wrong. And exactly, I think that's exactly. such a big problem. So in order to try and be really positive about it, yeah. so that people don't sit there and go, oh, well, I'm not racist and, no, I'm, not, exactly. and I'm not one of those people, which... Kind of like humble yourself and accept that, yeah, you've had these privileges and you're quite lucky to be where you are, where others did literally, like, starve and try and save up for this kind of money to do stuff like that. So, yeah. I think it's, yeah, and it's interesting as well, like, we won't go into this too much, but regardless of, like, the class thing and and the money side of it i think it's it's about you know that kind of um ethnic heritage as well because you as you say it's getting out in the hills and not feeling welcome i think that's something people yeah. can people can radically change exactly because if i was not so open-minded and i if i got stairs and i'd be like okay i'm not going to do this then like if i'm not going to feel welcome then what's the point if if i'm not feel i don't if i don't feel like I'm enjoying myself because I'm too worried about what other people are going to think, then it'll just put me off and I'll stop doing something that I could potentially be excelling or something like that. But I'm happy to be really honest and say that I, you know, some of the things you've said, I had absolutely no idea before we started this conversation yeah. and I always think, oh, well, I, I am welcoming and I always yeah, make an yeah, effort exactly. to be. But, but it's just like questioning yourself yeah. or asking questions because that's better than ignoring so, 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 like, if you don't know something, then ask about it. Because I would appreciate you asking me a question about the outdoors or my community or something like that than just ignoring it and thinking, you know. Yeah. Or, or, or even for yourself, because you might not know, like, should I ask her or is it rude if I ask her? Or, Go for it, ask, ask me, because the more you educate yourself, the more you'll know. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's the thing that's really hit me is, you know, you, the, the pressure you feel from the community to not go into the outdoors yeah i've never faced that exactly regardless of my own background and class status yeah you know i'm not from a hilly part of england <laughs> um i've never felt the pressure to not go outdoors yeah. and do the things that i love so that's a massive takeaway yeah it's got me thinking <laughs> um god there's so much more i want to talk about but we're out of time um so at the end of every podcast, I ask everybody the same two questions. Interpret them however you choose. Okay. What scares you? What scares me? See, I've always said that I've not got a fears, but of course everyone's got something that they're scared of uh, or something like that. But it's not even to do with outdoors or anything like that. What scares me is like, uh, it's just, it's quite obviously it's quite a broad question because it's like it could be anything it could be from like animals to like literally anything but no I'm not scared of animals I'm quite alright with spiders as well like I'd probably scream uh, if I saw one but then I'd you know put my big boy pants on and chuck it out the window or something like that um yeah what scares me like I guess the fear of like losing people could be like one um or the fear of being taken away before it's time. Because, like, there's so many things that you want to do or some or with someone. Like, there's so many things you'd want to do with some someone, but you might not get the chance to do it kind of thing. So maybe, like, I wouldn't want, like, say my grandma, like, I, don't, I wouldn't want her to go before she gets to see me 
married or see my children grow up and I'd, if if I lost it before then then you know that break my heart like th- that that scares me so I guess losing someone or not having enough time with someone you never know when they could finish or even for yourself like you don't know if you'll wake up the next day so it's kind of being grateful and just doing the most you can today and not having to worry about tomorrow or doing like or like even like forgiving people like because you never know if you're going to have the chance to forgive them tomorrow so it's just I guess people scare me like what will happen or whether there's enough time or not so yeah what bring yeah that's perfect what brings you hope hope that that there might be in tomorrow like it's kind of like the opposite but hope just seeing smiles and seeing little changes and just seeing that light in tomorrow like yeah just just seeing someone just go that extra step just gives you hope or I'm I'd say I'm quite um optimistic like I don't like to think negatively um I don't like to complain about a lot of things I probably do complain about a lot of things than I should but um yeah hope is just that you know there might be a tomorrow so you've still got chance so yeah amazing my mum gives me hope (laughs) yeah if she can do it I can do it and so on yeah brilliant thank you so much that was incredible it's okay no worries thanks for listening if you were moved by Elishba's story and would like to make a donation to the Martin Moran Foundation then please visit martinmoranfoundation.co.uk slash donate. The podcast is hosted by Matt Pycroft and is a Cold House production. It's produced and distributed by Orla O'Murray and Alex Hall. You can keep up to date on Instagram at The Adventure Podcast and if you'd like to email us then you can do so at info at theadventurepodcast.co.uk.